Wolverine. Wolverine. Examination is just a podcast. Is it powerful? Yes. Is it dangerous? Yes. Is it the most dangerous podcast on the internet? It most certainly is. My name is Quinn Emler, and you're listening to the most dangerous podcast on the internet, The Examination Podcast. This is season four, episode seven. And joining me this week is Kelsey Strutz. Hello. And Dane Rainier. Hello. It's because you didn't do it. That's normally how you open. It is. Yeah. I- I totally steal one of my favorite podcasts is Game Scoop, and I totally steal everything he does on accident, and I don't know why. Wait, is that from that? Yeah, I think so. Oh, I, I think, I, I think he drags a, out the O. A heightened sense of hello? No, that's totally a Seinfeld. Hello, sure. Jerry. Hello. Oh, I guess it's true. <laughs> All right, um, so we got some issues to discuss this week. Uh, the 14th issue of both Marauders and X-Men. I'm super excited to discuss these issues, but first let's look up the Cerebro and see what's new in the world of Marvel. There's some good news about uh, Scarlet Witch where they talked about how there's some action in it. There's been some rumors about it's going to tie into the X-Men Marvel universe, but I didn't want to go too deep into it because I don't want to spoil that show. I'm pretty excited for it at this point. Are you guys starting to get hyped for that one? I've oh. been kind of hyped for that one, so. Yeah, I've I've mentioned, not only does it seem uniquely interesting and entertaining, but it's likely a, a launching point for Young Avengers. So, you know I'm all in. Hun- yeah. 100, wait, Hundy P, as the kids say. Well, you know your Hulkling <laughs> and Vulcan are getting their own uh, comic. Vulcan? Sorry, did I mean Vulcan? I meant Hulkling and Wiccan. Wiccan, yeah. One of them cans. Yeah, but I got to get them, I got to get them in, you know, the MCU proper too. But I am excited about that. Any um, any inclusion of the Young Avengers that I can add to my shelf? I don't know, man. Maybe they'll hold off on the Young Aven- Avengers and focus X-Men. Would that be a downgrade for you? or No, not at all. I, I don't, not at all. But I think, here's the thing. The X-Men have a lot of work to do to lay the groundwork to get in. The Young Avengers, I think, have pretty clearly been they've been moving in that direction cassie lang has been a part with the hawkeye tv show we know it's going to be kate bishop centric it's already been shown that wanda has babies which is speed and wiccan like they're clearly moving that do, direction. do you think do you think they're going to move towards a tv series or movie um i don't know because it's kind of been I'm more to... concerned about the demographic blame for it with it it's, well I think it... with a tv series you get a little more kids and things like that, I think. That at least, and well, honestly, they may be more willing to do it. Just, do I'm wondering if it'll be like a lower budget Descendants kind of thing that they try and do. Like, I just don't know how much because we haven't really even seen Marvel debut their TV. You know, what I, mean? I, I guess you know we yeah. have seen the you know obviously Agents of Shield. Yeah, but that's a but, separate studio. It's not right. Marvel Studios. Right. That's what I mean. We haven't really seen what Marvel and TV looks like. So I think we kind of have to find that out before we really know. Yeah. Well, either way, excited for that. But uh, there is a comic coming out that's got two of the most interesting characters that we've been really digging. I might say the two most popular characters around the Examination podcast. So Savage Avengers number 14 comes out next week, and Juggernaut joins the core cast of the Savage Avengers. Sweet. And Magic, apparently, is on the team. 
what is Savage Avengers? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, I, tell, I had to look this up. I had to look this up. It's Conan Barbarian's Avengers team. Yeah, and they're looking for the three pieces of the eye of Agamotto. <laughs> what? Yeah. Is any of this? And it's like this will be the fourteenth issue coming. Is up. any of this canonical? Yeah, man. Wait, Conan the Barbarian Wolverine was oh, yeah. on the team. I think he gave his spot to Magic because he doesn't yeah, have time. Yeah, Co- Conan the Barbarian is in the Marvel Universe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How did that? How that does is this legit. Never come up. Uh, they recently uh, uh, purchased the rights to Conan the Barbarian. They, well, oh, no, I knew. Do, uh, I'm sorry. It's been over the a Xenomorph, year. The Xenomorph and the Predator are part of the Marvel Universe. But, like, I'm not reading uh, an Avengers book that centers on Xenomorph. Oh, don't no, forget about Ultraman. Uh, Ultraman, also I'm, part of the I'm Marvel sorry. Universe now. No, did we, did we not talk about some of the issues coming up? I can't remember what. It X Men issue it is, but one of the covers has the Xenomorph on it. I think it's an alternate cover, isn't it? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this: Marvel buys the rights to a lot of properties and puts them in the Marvel universe. The only notable exception, really, has been Star Wars. Star so Wars. Right. I'm not necessarily ruling out that Predator and Aliens won't be part of the Marvel universe. Oh come on! So what? Aliens if Conan the Barbarian can be an Ultraman. I feel like I can Aliens and Predator are perfect for Wolverine. I feel like perfect. I can just pretend none of this is happening and my, my life will go on. I mean, he's going to close my eyes. Well, yeah. He's like, I, everything's bleak. I, 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 I'm just going to act like I live in a different country. No, no, no. I just mean like, gosh, I, I don't know. This just, it seems, I realize I'm saying this about comics and like everything goes on. It seems silly, which is kind of a dumb thing. Dude, they, they Except. bought the they bought the rights to Donald Trump. He's going to be in there. <laughs> well, he is the only president to have received a stone cold stunner, so he's crossed over into multiple energy. Yeah, and with his with his COVID recovery and his superpowers gained from it, naturally Wait, he will come in did, and sit on the council. Did he gain it from overcoming COVID, or did he overcome COVID because of his mutant healing factor? Well, no, I think it's more like a Captain America thing, a cocktail of drugs and can-do American attitude. Um, that that definitely seems like him. That's, I think that's what did it. So you're saying is we we as America gave him the superpowers? Well, yeah, I mean to overcome COVID naturally. Okay, uh, I don't know why. Did it, maybe. I don't know why I'm but asking. The question quickly. is: Did the people of Pennsylvania? Give him their superpowers to get through COVID. Because that's the well, question. You know, right seven now. days. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys ready to hop into some comics? Let's do it. Wait. All right. Well, know, first, you up, want to talk okay. more about the Savage Avengers? You know, I actually, I have the Marvel Comics Unlimited app. Great deal. They just changed it to where it's only three months back on comics instead of six, which is oh, a pretty that big is really good game changer. Yeah. So that raises the value of that a lot to me because. I don't know. The closer we get it to that date, the more relevant like the culture becomes. Because yeah. if you, I've been living on that delay, so a lot of times I avoid any sort of superhero news, so that that delay doesn't bother me as much. So but, it sounds like what they basically did was they just ate the COVID, yeah, time period. I think that's what happened is they kept releasing comics as COVID was happening, and then they were just like, "Well, let's not like." ruin the app and have like a six month hiatus like we did hiatus like we right. did in comics so they're like let's just move it forward 
That's I didn't know yeah. that. Got, I mean, that I know it's not like new or anything, but that's news. I mean, you when you say that that ups the value, that's a tremendous increase in value. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, every comic's still on there. It's just a little later. Yeah, but I mean, the difference between three months and six months is pretty considerable. You can kind of keep up at three. I yeah. honestly wish they had. I would probably like right now. It's like a ten dollars subscription. I don't know why they don't do like a Disney Plus style, like $30. Here's the whole Marvel library, like day and date. For what do you mean? Like a I month? Don't know like just one. take $30. No, I'm, I'm saying like right now, you can pay for Marvel Comics Unlimited and get months from three months, like comics from three months ago back. Okay. Right. Why don't they do why like a $30 that's up, that's up to date? Oh, oh, you're talking like, like literally day and date comics come update. Like thirty, like thirty bucks a month, you just yeah. get every comic as they're coming out. Like like yeah. um, Apple Music, like doing Apple Music yeah. stuff for comics. Yep, yep. Instead, they have that like pay per issue because it's not like it's I don't know. To me, I guess it might kill the comics industry or like the the brick and mortar style. But like, I don't know. I feel like people still like the culture element of going into it. That's yeah, I don't the know. Only I think thing that people probably like about the uh, the brick and mortar ones. I mean, it's not like they were a high, you know, high paid business. Model. Well, most you, brick and mortars I know rely completely on magic cards to stay in business, anyways. Yeah, so, yeah. but I, but here's I think you you nailed it. It's not just the brick and mortar store. It's Marvel. It's Marvel as well. Like think about the people, like you know, other than whatever trades and stuff i might buy like to read for this podcast we keep up to date we're spending you know well more than 30 dollars a month yeah but your customer share then would increase so much i feel like would it you think there's yeah. really people out there who like i'd love to get into the x-men but i'm only going to do it if i can pay 30 dollars a month to do it I, now granted I don't know, man that's a lot of books the x-men is the biggest you know, the biggest share of the market right now for Marvel. So it's, it's obviously a much better value for people like us that are reading those almost exclusively. I I think like when the X-Men first started coming out, they would make money off of us. Like when it was like one, two books a week, like you could, you could have definitely like made money off of people that you wouldn't otherwise. Yeah. But and not let's now say turning out like seven a week sometimes. Let, let's say you're a Captain America fan. And you you get this because you want the latest Captain America comics. It's like, well, I might as well get this subscription because it's such a good value. And it introduces people to new books and new characters and stuff. But I don't think introducing them to new stuff is worth it if they're not spending more money on it. Because if you introduce them to new characters, they're like, oh, I like this. I will get this for the same price as well. Well, but but then you get in the thing where like, why is it the Mandalorian released on Blu-ray first then? Like, why make content if you're Netflix and stuff? Like, well, you're I guess still it's true. fighting for people's time. I guess it's true. It's just that this is it's it would be a deviation from the way that the norm has been. Yes, that's called progress. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, or or backtracking. Let's be fair. All right. Uh, let's hop into X Men number fourteen. Uh, Kelsey, what happened in X-Men number 14? Well, to be fair, uh, if you've read previous issues of X-Men, you basically already know. Um, But 
as you are listening to this podcast, you may want me to go into more detail. Apocalypse and Genesis continue their meeting in a garden and walk off together because they will have one more day of peace, basically, before the conflict starts. So Genesis Saichi is going to explain to Apocalypse what all happened. Um, you kind of already know what all happened, other than you realize Genesis was able to defeat Annihilation and tried for, what did it say, like a hundred years or something to resist putting on the mask, but realized that the demons of Amenth basically could not be controlled or stopped and would just continually hurl themselves against them until someone put that mask on, so she puts the mask on. Um, and it kind of shows how she has become the Annihilation, and that her and Annihilation are one and the same, they both want the same thing, which is more, basically. And... That's kind it. It sounded like Kelsey wasn't too excited about the repurposing of art. Did that add something to it for you, or was that lazy? Um, I don't think that part, to me, was one or the other. I think maybe just the whole issue felt, I don't want to say lazy, maybe that's not the right word, but I, I Kelsey, I think, recapped it appropriately that most of what we got out of this was... We've seen it. Just was just sort of that past exposition that we already knew with a couple of little details. Well, here's, here's my problem too. Some of the caveats, um, little caveats sprinkled in. Um, let's see at one point, the, the word comes from inside the walls, blah, blah, and they, they open up the portal or whatever and send people through. But she hadn't, she hadn't put the mask on yet when this happens, correct? I don't know. Correct. The way this looks like, she hadn't put the mask on, which makes me think she's not originally in on the plot to kill Apocalypse. Um, And then, you know, she has her grandchild is a summoner, but when does he become a summoner? Because from what I can tell, they, he wouldn't become a summoner until after her forces truly become part of the immense group. Yeah, I don't know. Like, like it really muddles, <laughs> it muddles their timeline. I suspect at the certain point when they, when they fused, basically when Genesis as annihilation. Yes, sort of exactly. But engulfs. here's my issue. The way, the way this makes it seem is she doesn't fuse until after they go through the portal until after the summoner goes through the portal. Oh, I don't think that I didn't, get that i also got that vibe so that... Here, here's my thing okay they have a panel um 21 of 27 page 21 of 27 summoner is obviously going through the portal on his little piece of land uh cry it was a cry for help blah 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 uh i knew then that all the old ways were lost and so i placed the golden helm on my head and surrendered to a she does it afterwards yeah, I, I think what happened was they lost, and there were two plans. There was, and also, I think Summoner, whether he was deceiving or maybe he just didn't know, like Summoner's tale, tale of this said that she died. And so maybe she had been gone for a hundred years. And so they all assumed Genesis was dead. 
But Amenth ended up winning the war, and that's why Summoner came to Kokoa to ask for help or whatever. I don't know. He, no, but I don't think that's what he's But he's doing drawing him because, in. Because Summoner coming wasn't to ask for help. No. It was a, it was a scouting mission for conquering. Here's yeah. here's what I'll tell you. Honestly, it's this is pretty indicative, I think, of, of Hickman generally, which isn't a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It just is that. Yeah. It's it's this grandiose plan. I don't think this is the last time we're going to read this. Oh no, Lionel, you art. I think we're right. going to get the same <laughs> issue again with different narration to it. And that's why it's almost like the first couple of times. I guess it's like, oh yeah, like this is really cool. And then at a certain point, I'm like, oh, I'm. I don't even know if this is an X Men comic anymore. It's like Hickman had another comic that he wanted to write, but. Then they gave him the reins to X-Men and he's like, well, I got something I can kind of an idea I could sort of smash into that. And, you know, for the most part, you've got the big highlight points of this grandiose story. And, you know, the little details can sort of fall by the wayside. It doesn't matter if they fit exactly. Uh, OK, to be fair, ancient mutant nation, definitely apocalypse heavy. Uh, he's created these new mutants, which like they're not the characters that we love yet. But I think some of these mutants could be fun addition to the X-Men lore. Sure. I just mean more that, like, there is a part of me that thinks Hickman had this story written already before it was an X-Men story. And he's like, yeah, I'll just change the name of that race to mutants. Sub out Apocalypse for yeah. whatever. And he's got some other character, put Apocalypse in. And then he's like, oh, it would be cool if I used, you know, maybe it was, uh, you know, a married couple that got split. Or this, this feels like. He had another comic that he was ready to write for like an indie <laughs> team or whatever. And then Marvel's like, you want to do X-Men? He's like, I can make this work. Which, yeah, I, don't I, get me wrong, it's been a huge, you know, grandiose uh, story. And it, it's a big, it's a big play. It just, I do. I think also want to be fair in the sense that Hickman wrote, Hickman's book is the lore book, right? Like. So it's yes. very like very much like X-Men, ironically, the core title that says X-Men on the name has the least amount of X-Men in it. Well, but he also is the brain like the every book in Ten of Swords is still partially his book, to that, be fair. And, and yeah. honestly, I my knock against this issue is not its lack of core X-Men or anything like that, because like I said before at the start of Ten of Swords, I've surrendered myself to the idea that every single named issue in this is not is not its own character, really. It's not really what the title is. It's just Ten of Swords part whatever. You know, but it's, prior calling that. So, you know, my like I said, my knock on this, even the recycling of art, I'm like, okay, they're retelling it with, with new words and everything like that. My Which is fun to a degree. My knock yeah. is can, the, the, can be creative. the confusion in the, the timeline created in the story based on the motivations of characters we have seen previous. The motivations of the summoner don't seem to add up with when he goes through the portal. Why is he suddenly, why is he going to betray Apocalypse or drag him here for betrayal for a great, you know, for annihilation basically when really his I think we're making some assumptions, but there. his grandmother has not succumbed to the power of annihilation. She has not. 
You, so you let, guys have both not, made an assumption, though. No, that, I that not, is detracting from it. But I have not made an assumption. It is here. So here. you guys are assuming. I, I, I honestly think this is why I bring it up because it's relevant. But I honestly think that, like, when Dane shot that down, and I'm not sure that you haven't thought about this, like, Summoner could have gone back with. With Banshee and the Untouchable, and then found out that Amenth had joined forces with Arkakoa and changed his mind, then went, okay, now I'll draw an apocalypse because now we're going against him. He might have genuinely gone back the first time for all we know. Wait, hold on, hold on. The School of the Summoners is from the Amenth part of them. She has not surrendered to Amenth when he goes through, and he is already a Summoner level three or whatever. That doesn't add up. Also, I will say, I think it's actually a line from Marauders that we can get to here in a little bit. They mentioned specifically Summoner was the whole time feeding us information and you missed Yeah, there is some sort of nod about that. Right. Um, but, I mean, he he could still be feeding them misinformation without knowing all the details. It's just a thought. Like, no, just I know. It's, to rule anything out. It, it's, I think the problem is it's sort of like what we've done the whole time with Hickman. It's like, did he forget this happened in Marvel comics? Does he just not care? Or is this the most intricate, perfectly planned? Oh yeah. Like, is there, are there some big reveal coming later? You know, are they going to do another one where they say, this is the actual true story of what happened here? You know, like, is he Quentin Tarantino in us, you know, with multiple stories being told at the same time? Well, and I will say that he's done a very good job in the story of Amenth and Araco that it feels like folklore. Right. Yeah. This is this is a a story passed down and we kind of have heard different versions of it from different people and that is kind of you know maybe on purpose. So in that sense I think that's a very deliberate idea is that the history of this world is really only it seems like passed down very story-based and very verbally from one to another and that has shown through this feels like i could i could believe you know there is an ancient society that that told this story about the way that the earth was formed sort of thing way way back when i could see that and so in that instance i think that's a huge success that it just there's nothing individually about it that i can point to but it feels folklore yeah I, and i would say i it goes back to your point that this could be an image comic and not much would change yeah exactly you swap out a, a couple of names but for the most part the the amenth and the Araco story just well and once again crazy. not making sense to me though is like uh, i guess a long time ago there was a mutant nation on earth that Apocalypse and Genesis were in charge of, that was, like, massive. Millions. I don't, millions I don't know. Millions, but, yeah. I don't know that it was on Earth, necessarily. I think the idea... And again, it's, it's like, who knows? Because it's just so highbrow or whatever. That Okara was sort of its own entity. How... And then Araco got taken into or pushed into a menth. And then I don't know how it is. Yeah, it got split in half by the Twilight Sword. Right, and then I don't know exactly. Are mutants aliens now? I don't think it's another planet. It's just another realm. Like the way that... Araco? Pretty sure that counts as an alien if you're from... It's it's alternate dimension. It's as part of Otherworld. But it's just like adjacent. 
Yeah, right. like I said, an alien. We we talked about this last <laughs> yeah, time. Technically, it... it'd be an extra-dimensional alien. The immense. Like so, mutants extra... aren't humans that have evolved. They're from another dimension. No, 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 no. With it, humans, Krakoa's first. Krakoa's first. Then it goes through a dimension into a menth. So th- those are mutants. Like Genesis is a mutant from Earth. Yeah, that's what I was sort of understanding. I thought we were saying that Araka was there and Krakoa came to Earth and Araka. No, I, yeah. What I think what Quentin is saying is that if you take this lore to be the birth of mutants, mutants aren't really the next step in human evolution, as the story is always. Which I hadn't thought about, but you're right. It's like or, ha- or half half aliens. Well, half human half older. aliens. Right. No. Yeah. No. I I think it's um. Or is it a the, different the, offshoot? It's, of it's no, it's mutants. mutants. Mutants exist, and they come to this island, um, the the singular island that's also a mutant. Yeah, but the Krakoa combined. The yes, yes, Arako Krakoa hybrid. Um, Okara, Okara, Okara gets split in half basically because a dimensional rift hope opens and the Twilight Swords there, and it cuts the place in half, kind of, and they basically yeah. shove Arako through that gate and figure out how to close it, which I guess closes off a millions of mutants. They use the towers to protect Rocco. You could, they can't get to the gate, but you could also picture it like this mutant dumb. Was it a chance where it would start to grow and then dominate the planet? Massive, almost extinction level event basically happens. So now they slowly have to rebuild to be the next step of evolution. I mean, and it took if, until if I'm, now. <coughs> if I'm it. trying there to we go. be We've... helpful. So here's, let's see if you guys understand this the same way that I do. Because the idea when this island is split mm-hmm. is now a Rocco is effectively a landmass that got shoved into a, a planet or a, a dimension. A Another map. dimension, yes. So now there is a new landmass on this, this Other realm. Correct. realm. In the same way that Krakoa, the other half, is a landmass on our Earth. Yes. So the question is, was Okara a separate entity on, of its own? And then when it split, Araka went to a menth, and then at some point later, Krakoa went to Earth? Or was My Okara- understanding no. is Araka- that it was all on Earth, and the okay. combined islands yeah. was Araka or whatever. Okay. And then when they so split Okara- it... A car, yeah, a car, and then Araco. They literally shifted that island through the portal to a mint, took the fight to them, and then they blocked off the portal to where they couldn't get back. I always thought they plugged a hole, but really, what they did was they took a fortress that was a mutant there and held their ground so they couldn't get to the portal until now. But also, before sending that through, they sent through the white sword and his 100 champions, yeah, and they, they went first. And did what they thought they died, so they went through and they they took the fight to them or whatever with the island. They and split a, the pretty island. Pretty much they... apocalypse and a few others. Like basically, the nation went. It, it feels like an apocalypse stayed behind essentially. Okay, all right. To, all right. to shepherd mutants forward. We're all we're all on the same page, I guess. I don't know, Kelsey. Is that where you're at? Oh uh, yeah. Okay, that's that's is, our understanding. I'm this not 100 is... percent sure when the Twilight, no. the Twilight or Ivory Tower, whatever his name is, the guy the who holds sword? the White Sword. Um, what I'm about not him? exactly sure his whole story yet. 
mainly because it's just been from outside sources. I'm hoping they actually let him have a say of what happened. What sounds like because the simple one... version of he was super powerful. They yeah. took him and a hundred champions that went in first to try and win the war. They thought they died, but then eventually the people of Morocco, after they came through, found him that he hadn't died, but he'd basically gone crazy. And every morning he resurrects his hundred champions. Well, and doesn't recognize fight. friend from foe, I guess anymore or, or, but that's what yeah, they say. He's Who lost. He walks in there like. and goes, Oh no, no, I could see the corruption in them. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew I, I, they think, were I think he up. is so smart. He knew that Genesis was destined to become a myth and that really they are the same thing. When he, the white sword clearly can tell the difference because when the, when the, yes, when the, the, the white flag to recruit him for the tournament, yeah. he's like, ha, I'm not doing anything for you losers. I remember when you were babies. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, not, he's not like just blood raged, which does sort of lead maybe to this. Who's telling the folklore story? Yeah. Well, we get another, I have a feeling next issue of X-Men is going to reuse a lot of the same art in the same style. And maybe he is the one that tells the story in the next one. Maybe like, I think there's just going to be a third perspective telling what actually happened again Whew, it's something man that we just we're getting like the same story over and over and i'm still not entirely sure i know what's going on so if that was the goal primo <laughs> i don't think anybody's necessarily lied so it's been interesting in that sense that, and i'm gonna say this like as much complaints we have about this issue not feeling x-men i think it's still an entertaining story sure sure it is like the complaints are valid that it, it's like, why am I reading this? I bought X-Men number 14. Right. But I think there's also validity to like, if if a friend vouched for this, it was like, read this image comic. I would have read it probably. Like if yes. Dane came up to me and said, hey, check out this world building comic. It's just really neat lore. I would have checked it out and been entertained. But yeah, the, the promise of X-Men 14 is not really there. <laughs> 100%. I, I couldn't agree with that statement more. You guys ready to talk Marauders? Let's yes. do it. All right, so in Marauders 14, Saturnine entertains the Swordbreakers of Krakoa and, or sorry, the Swordbearers of Krakoa and the Swordbreakers of Morocco on the eve of the tournament. We'll learn a little bit more about our new adversaries as Storm interacts with War and Death, noting that Death is the more concerning opponent because War is quick to rage. Storm then notices Wolverine is stewing in the corner, and as one of his closest friends and oldest allies, she knows when he looks like he's made up his mind on one of those, uh, you know, best at what he does situations. He asks her if she's going to talk him out of it, to which she replies, nope, but just don't miss. Storm isn't the only one sizing up her opponents, though. Uh, Magic and Gorgon also start to interact with the sword breakers over dinner and size them up to determine which hand each opponent favors. After a small flex uh, by Magic via her teleportation abilities, Saturnine begins to address her guest. And uh, sick of hearing it, Wolverine reveals the target of his anger and rage um, is none other than the puppet master Saturnine. And he has a surprise cliffhanger ending where he runs her through with his claws in front of everyone. So uh, a really like slow issue until it was the last panel, in my opinion. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, I enjoyed the characterization of like magic and Gorgon and the storm interaction was kind of all right, but it just didn't feel like there was enough here to justify the issue. Did you not get enough pog or pog? 
There was some Pogger Pog. Well, okay, let's if, if we're gonna jump in on the Pogger Pog. Did you guys like Pogger Pog as much this time? I, mean, I still he, love him. He was exactly what I figured he was. He's a I giant, don't know. It's a giant gator man who's gonna sit where he wants, does what he wants, drink what he wants. But now he talks in rhymes. Like I it just seems so cheesy now. It was it was fun as just like a piece, but I'm like, oh now I have to listen to him rhyme. Every well, time I, you talk. I honestly think that's a, this issue felt like, I don't what? know how to say it. It's like how well, Teeny what? Howard wrote it. That's <laughs> how I was going to describe it. But this issue felt like it was just characters saying things that weren't necessarily like, like, for example, um, when Captain Britain, like, uh, mouths off to Wolverine about how some people follow their oaths. And I'm just like, I watch you like on an X-Force run with Wolverine have an affair. Like and you're you're literally like talking like to Wolverine about how he doesn't follow his house. I I don't know. It's that was one of the few parts that and mostly because of Wolverine that I thought was a decent characterization of things. I I didn't mind the captain or I won't say I uh Brian. I didn't mind Captain Avalon's part, but I was like, Betsy, shut up. Like you don't even know what you're talking about. Uh and then <laughs> Then I wanted to say that, like, I just felt like this is some of Duggan's weakest writing since he started. Like, say what you will, like, Cable and Marauders have both had, like, off issues. But, like, this was definitely the weakest issues he's written, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, as a dinner yeah. a dinner party, uh, it just, I don't know. It, I think part of it is the whole thing just feels so out of place. Like, I get the idea that it's the juxtaposition of fine dining and interacting before the field of battle, but it just seems like, really, are we supposed to believe, you know, even Wolverine grumpily drinking a beer on the patio? Like, are they really all doing this before committing murder tomorrow? Also, yeah, like, these people tried to, like, betray Apocalypse, like, a week ago he thought they were his family and were would be excited to embrace him as, like, his long-lost children, and then they stabbed him literally in the back. And, and then he's, like, eating dinner with them. They're seeking Next to time conquer your world. Also, okay, this is a nitpicky thing. The dinner menu involved creatures that it's the last of their kind that you're going to eat. <laughs> I feel like Storm's character and possibly Cypher would have some like emotional issues with this, with, with, with yeah. this, like, like moral issues. Like, wait a minute, what? This is the last of its kind. You killed it so we could eat it. Yeah. Magic Gorgon apocalypse. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But the other core X-Men characters that are there, it's like, really? Yeah, even yeah, Wolverine. I, I don't see Wolverine being like the guy who's like, "Yeah, give me the d last dodo." <laughs> uh, I, I I will say the things that I liked about it because I will say generally I thought it was a relatively flat issue, like you said. I enjoyed that, like you mentioned, the interaction between Brian and Wolverine. The whole thing. I don't know that I loved it, but I loved the idea of Wolverine shining that piece of his character through, being like, "Look at these. If you're not going to do it for like us." Look at these kids that are here ready to die for this. And that feels very on brand for Wolverine. Yeah. Like, yeah. Back to X-Men and Schism that he was like, you know, the whole thing about, yeah, okay, you've been married. These kids haven't. There's a lot they haven't experienced and you won't do this for them. 
that felt on brand. So I, I guess maybe my criticism of characterization wasn't right. It just, I think the context made it an impossible job to write an issue where well, characters are truly like acting like they would. Yeah. And the thing about the Wolverine scene is that, is there any real belief that if Brian just slept with Saturnine, she'd be like, never mind, you win? I think Wolverine's saying, like, do whatever it takes, like, try and get... And honestly, based on the end of this comic, we don't know that Wolverine wasn't taking it a step further and being like, get her exposed and do what it takes to stop this thing. I guess that's maybe true, yeah. But it's just... And the point of reading it, I'm like, do we really think that that's... I know she's shown interest in Brian, but it's never seemed like she's like, okay, I'll just end this whole thing and stop a world domination conquest also like yeah there's there's so many things and let's talk about that end reveal where wolverine you know gives her the claws uh <laughs> do we think there's any chance that that's not just magic hubaloo away next issue like uh, if she goes down why wouldn't Araco just like a myth just invade right then and there Maybe they can't cross over from the Starlight Citadel. I feel like the largest power in the area going down is only going to help their cause. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the end game here is. Well, seems in, a little weird. I guess there's this. How would you get there? How would you get from here to Earth right now? I don't know. The same way they sent Summoner. Magic. Well, but they, well... That's true. I don't know. They opened a gate somehow, and I guess they'd have to figure out how to do it again. Maybe they were unable to do it again. I I don't know. You You need to retell. We need to retell. Summoner. They need to retell that same comic again from X Men thirteen, and just add a page where they say we can go. Oh, here's something I just thought of looking at this last panel. Do you think there is any plan or any world in what what Wolverine is doing is the plan? Cyclops was talking about. I don't know because he he's also being Cosmed by war. <laughs> that's oh, that's true. Yeah, I didn't. Does he eat between then and there? Oh my no, God, we don't things. know yet. I mean, nothing in the comic shows him. I like that they gave us that little circle to ensure we solve it. Yeah, do you see was, this? Maybe that was, was like, just oh. an infomercial of "Don't leave your drinks unattended" or something. <laughs> so I mean, we don't see. There's no indication that Wolverine ate whatever was on that. Correct. So this is, and, and it's not like this is something that triggered him. He mentioned to, I mean, that conversation with Storm is clearly, this was the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, here's the thing. If they just magic it away, that's going to be obviously supremely disappointing. I think it has to have, whether it kills her or not, it has to have some supreme impact. Otherwise, otherwise, a relatively flat issue with a big ending. If this is the next time we come back to this, it's like, oh, nope, actually, that was the shock value for just a flat issue. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I had put in my notes is the quality of this issue very much depends on the next one. Yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Like, honestly, the only I'm going to I'm going to put it out there for me. The only thing that stops this from being like a D level issue and raise it to like maybe a B minus C plus kind of thing is that in panel. And I feel like if they wipe it away, it just goes back to being a D issue. Yeah, (laughs) I'll I'll give it maybe a add the plus onto it. I think 
there were a couple of very small pieces. Like I mentioned yeah, the Wolverine yeah. thing. I think magic. I like that felt on brand magic using the opportunity to like size people up, but then it went too far. You know, well, the whole, like, that's honestly a thing. He didn't use cable at all. And Duggan writes the cable book. Right. And, and the other thing that I come back, keep coming back yeah, to is like there, oh, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait, wait. How have we? Okay. I'm, as I'm scrolling through it, like, look, how do we forget? We haven't talked about storm and death and the dance. Yeah. He's dancing with death. Big whoop. No, I know, but that's not, is this that's not our like, tarot card and and but like it was the literal version of the cover, which I feel like oftentimes you don't get, and it's just I don't know. I get the idea, I guess, behind it, but it's just like the start of that. They should have just put a big red text and like this is a metaphor. Get ready, yeah. You know, <laughs> but it's just it's yeah. so heavy handed with dancing with death and. Storm's whole, I do not desire you, but I do not fear you. And this is as close as we get. And there's just so much more of it that, like, really, this is happening. These people are coming to conquer your world, to slaughter your family and friends. And we have to have a a dance metaphor before this happens. Also, like, the fact that, like, it's a dog looking her in the face the whole time takes some (laughs) of the sexual energy out for me. Um, Do you desire me? (laughs) <laughs> You're missing some characters too at this dinner party that I thought you know, uh, the white the white sword you know he's not there the uh, uh, solemn or whatever his name is the guy who literally sounds like he is a party onto himself. So yeah. they're they're I mean, there the, they're just yeah they show him in the background here. Cable's there. there. I mean yeah, but you'd think they would have. I mean I guess maybe the next couple issues are everyone at this party. I don't know. Do you you guys feel like Iska might be like. The, who's the most powerful swordbreaker based on your like read so far? Is, Her is name Iska is it? Iska cannot lose. Cannot yeah, lose. Well, that but seems be, like a good. But here's the thing is that her power seems to be more of a curse than it is a power because everything that we seem to be getting, depending on the, you know, who's telling the story is that Iska didn't want to betray Genesis. She had, she to. had to, it wasn't that her power ensures that she always wins. It just ensures she can't be on the losing side. Yeah, which is, even still if it makes her very she, powerful. I mean, yeah, she has no free will, basically, is, is what you're saying. Right. That's it's it, it is it came up when it was first brought up. I was like, wow, this is cool. And now it's like, okay, this is maybe more of a curse than it is. Um, but who's the most powerful of the sword breakers? I mean could, I mean, is it an, is it the white power? Pog? Pog? Or I don't Pog. think it's Pog. Well, the White Tower, maybe? Yeah, the, I would say it's... Well, I mean, it seems like kind of a cop-out, but Genesis seems like the obvious answer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Genesis Apocalypse. Who, who's stronger, Apocalypse or Magic? Magic's Apocalypse. pretty stinking powerful. Yeah. I... I dude, I, I'm, I'm on Magic hype level, and I, I am worried. The last thing I was going to say, like we talked about this earlier, is she... Like, I know I've made the comment that, like, she's the new Wolverine, but, like, she's on Savage Avengers. She's been in Doctor Strange here recently. She, like, this girl is starting to quickly become the new Wolverine. Have you guys, like, picked up on that? Like, she's oh, she, in everything. Everybody's she, dying the writer. Oh, yeah. she She's clearly the current belle of the ball for X-Men characters. Again, I think the new Wolverine is a little dramatic 
for somebody who doesn't have their own solo book. Right. (laughs) And it's, it's only been a year or so, you know, basically Hickman's run here, but yeah, I mean, she is definitely the biggest up and comer in the X. If we don't get a magic solo book, I'm going to be very surprised. And that she even seems is pretty, you know, I know the movie didn't go over well, but seems to be one of the high points of uh, the new mutants movie. Yeah. Yes. She is everywhere. Yep. Iska is going to take over. Uh, She's going to be the hot new character, the unbeatable. Everybody likes the unbeatable squirrel girl. And she finally met a match. (laughs) 1v1 squirrel girl v Iska. Yeah. All right, guys, that wraps up this week's issues. We've only got one thing left to do. Uh, You can't get ready for a big tournament without dinner and a danger room. Oh, I will conduct it this time, and we will see if these foolish mortals can survive. You can call me a miscreant. I won't judge Saturnine. All right, is this a character? No. Is this a place? Yes. Is this place on Earth? No. Has this place been featured in the Hickman run? Yes. Is this a place in or associated with Otherworld? Yes. Mm. Is this place ha- is this place the home of one of the Swordbreakers? No. I thought he was going to go White Tower on us. Mm. Is this a place in... How many wedges are there? Like eight or ten? Is it, I'm so sorry. Is it is this a place contained in the 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 wedges proper no. of other world? Okay. Is this a place where Saturnine lives? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could go for a record here if we just lock it in at eight. Do you go big or go home. Your, your question. Is this the Starlight Citadel? Yes. <laughs> I, I really, I thought, I thought, it, I thought when Dane asked the wedge question, I said no. That would throw you guys off the whole thing. You're like, well, then it's not in this picture. You are right because it is not in. It is it's not, not one of a the wedge. Yes. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. you though. Going for a place not always easy. I know. It's, it's, I know. And it's a bold move, to, especially considering on my monitors right now. You didn't know this, obviously, but I'm watching. Our, you know, the recordings tick by to make sure all that's good. And then on the other page, I just have the full two-page panel of them in the dinner hall of the Starlight Citadel. It's like, oh, I was looking at it the whole time. I was like, oh, the Starlight Citadel. I don't think we've talked about this one yet. I'll tell but- you, sometimes it obviously hasn't worked out for you and I in the last two. But sometimes I wonder if just throwing a super simple one out there when we get all, you know, way too overzealous with our guesses right yeah it's like how deep all right guys yeah i like gambit (laughs) exactly it's like we've been talking about cards yep yeah or like another simple one like the council of reeds (laughs) that (laughs) That was the dark episode 
Well, that's all the time we got for this week. We'll see you next week as we continue swinging them swords. See you guys. Later. Later. Hello, fellow Danger Room survivors. This is Dane thanking you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to invite you to join the examination community by checking us out at our website and Twitter. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast and get your suggestions for questions of the week and Marvel 20 questions. You can find us at examination.blogspot.com and on Twitter at examination. That's E-X-A-M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N.blogspot.com and at examination spelled the same way. While you're at it, help us grow the community by giving us an Omega Level review wherever you listen to the podcast. See you next week.